So let's go ahead and start. We're gonna, my wife is going to start out by just doing a, just a small recap in regards to uh, last week. So. so last week we talked about being unequally yoked as you consider your friendships, your mentorships, your business partnerships, and your spouse. So I'm going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 through 18 in the, the Passion Translation. Don't continue to team up with unbelievers and mismatch alliances. For what partnership is there between righteousness and rebellion? Who could mingle light with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and Satan? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What friendship does God's temple have with demons? For indeed, we are the temple of God, just as the living God, just as God has said, I will make my home in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. For this reason, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch nothing that is unclean and I will embrace you. I will be a true father to you and, and you will be my beloved sons and daughters, says the Lord Yahweh Almighty. And so as we mentioned, this passage of scripture is not talking about marriage and dating. It's talking about relationships, but we often refer to it for dating or courtship or marriage. But it's talking about your relationships in general. Anyone you're going to spend, you're going to do life with close, intimate relationships, you need to consider are they a believer or unbeliever because what they do, how they live, their way of thinking will rub off on you if you are not careful. And so be careful of those relationships, in particular for a life partner. There is no fellowship between light and dark. If you are of the light, it is not right for you to hook up with somebody of the dark because you will not think alike, you will not process things the same. You will not go along the same path. The Bible talks about how can two walk together except they be in agreement. If you are light and he is dark or she is dark and you are light, there is no agreement. Do not compromise. Because in the beginning, it seems okay. You'll compromise. It's okay. It's okay. And it's not until you get into the courtship or even the marriage that you discover this was not a good idea. This was not a good idea. And for all of the new people out there in online land, we're not talking about skin color. We're talking about the kingdom that you are a part of. You'll be surprised how people will say, they said that if you dark skin, you can't marry somebody light skin. And, and y'all, some of the stuff, because there are some people... <clears throat> Just a second. I'm going to give you an example of myself. And this is going to sound very facetious. You know in the Bible, in, um, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When I was in church, do you know for years, you know how I interpreted that scripture? This is going to sound insane. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And it confused me because I was like, why don't you want the shepherd? That's what ignorance does. And you you know, and particularly people read stuff from King James Version and, and for years, because I wasn't educated when it came to the things of God. We just went to church. And, and I would read that scripture, and for years I'd be like, I don't understand that. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Well, if the Lord is your shepherd, why is it that you don't want him? And that confused me for years. So I say those little statements like that. We're not talking about light skin, dark skin, because you'll be surprised if you just say light and dark. You know, I know um, uh, for years, um, the Ku Klux Klan used to use the scripture, what fellowship does light have with darkness to determine why whites and blacks shouldn't hook up? People can pervert things, and the enemy will plant things in a person's mind if you say something. And that's why, you know, I don't mean to get off track, but as a Christian, when you're explaining things to people, don't use Christianese. 
act like you're talking to a five-year-old at all times. If you act like you're talking to a five-year-old, you won't lose anyone. But if you try to sound deep and educated and religious, you might lose everyone. So I just wanted to add that. Sorry, go ahead. Just to add on to that, people will say amen and okay, and they don't understand a mm -hmm. word you're saying. Because they don't want to appear ignorant. Yeah. They, they, won't, they won't say, hey, what do you mean by that? They'll just say amen, amen, okay, okay. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. I know good and well. I remember Chris Rock, uh, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? He didn't say it that way, and I just kind of added a thing to it. So last week, we were talking about unequally yoked and relationships, and my husband made a statement about soulmates. I don't know if you all caught it, and maybe no one did. Mm. I caught it, because I'm like, well, I don't... I differ, right? And so he made a statement about, I don't believe in soulmates, nor anybody can make a good mate for you. And where that is some truth to the statement, I want to add the other side. So there, there could be multiple people that could make a good spouse for you. But when it comes to destiny and purpose, the Lord has destined a specific per person for you, a soulmate. I asked the Lord about this some years ago, because I'm like, is my husband my soulmate? Like, is he is my, we've been married for years and years, but is he my soulmate? I mean, is there such a thing? And the Lord gave me a dream where I was talking to an individual, and then I said, hold on one second. And I brought my husband along, and I said, this is my husband, Otha. He's my soulmate. And my dream ended. So the Lord was just confirming in my own heart that he had destined me to be with this particular individual for a specific purpose. But yet with Ruth and Boaz, Ruth was already married, right? She'd been she had been previously married to someone, but he died. So if he was really her soulmate, would the Lord allow her to remarry? So it means that she had a husband, he died, and then he had someone else for her. So if you are divorced or if your spouse has passed away and you desire to be remarried, the Lord has someone else for you. So with, Bo Go ahead, so with Boaz... She married him. There was an age difference. There were some instructions given from her spiritual mom, her mother-in-law, Naomi. She follows those instructions, and they got together. They got married. The Lord, the Lord opened Boaz's eyes to the value and worth of this woman in spite of her past, in spite of her not being a woman grown up in the, in the Israelite kingdom. I mean, she was a foreign woman. But in spite of all that, God found her worthy and then connected her with Boaz. And then she found herself in the lineage of Jesus Christ. So if you've had past divorces or you are a widow or widower, life is not over. The Lord has, should you desire to be with someone else, should you desire to be remarried, the Lord has someone for you. Yeah, and to use my previous example, that was an example of me saying a statement but not explaining it enough. I mean, how many know the women, they're going to correct you because they're into the details. Men tend to sometimes be more, you know, how was church today? It was good. Ask her, how was church today? It's a 20-minute dissertation. But her 20-minute dissertation is what he meant when he said good. So, you know, uh, so you have to know these things about yourself. And so I didn't mean to say it that way because my wife brought it to my attention um, that I don't believe in soulmates. I believe that, like she said, when it comes to certain things you might be called to do, and, and it might not be necessarily what we consider big things. It might be something that's so important that you got to have a particular type individual. And it's not and it's not just for the man. It's not that the man just needs a particular type individual. A lot of times, what the woman is called to do, she needs a particular type of man. We get that a lot at this church. Particularly if, you know, at this church, the women tend to be more, a little bit more stronger and aggressive. Assertive. And, yeah, assertive. <laughs> I didn't mean aggressive in a negative way. I mean, 
And the men here tend to be more kind of laid back, chill, not punks, very patient. And, and, and so, um, um, so yeah, so you, so you want to, sometimes women, women, you have to have, uh, gave this example yesterday. Uh, some of you may not quite know what this is called a ground wire. Uh, they attach it to a house or a building. Um, and, or if there's a lot of power being generated, they put a ground wire so that, so that the power can be channeled into the ground instead of, instead of, instead of exploding the house. And so some women, you're very, very powerful when what God has called you to do, and you have to have a man that grounds you, otherwise you're going to kill yourself. And so, that, and so sometimes you have to have a specific type individual. So, so, but, if that, but if something happens with that individual or they don't say I do or whatever else, there are individuals that God has for you, but he's always got that one particular choice that this is the absolute prime best. You know, so this might be 100%. Well, uh, she didn't go for it, so this one right here, she's good. She's 98%. Because God always wants you to have the best. You understand what I'm saying? But don't think that if you mess up something that now, I don't believe in that thing of you messed up something, and, and now God just wants you to suffer for the rest of your life. That's just crap to me. I don't, I don't believe in that. So we wanted to make sure that was clear as we move forward into our discussion about courtship and dating. Make sure that's clear so you're not sitting there in condemnation thinking, well, I messed it up. It's over. There won't be another one for me. Or I've messed up several, and there won't be another one for me. Or my spouse passed away, and there is no one else for me. I want to make sure that your mind is clear, your mind is open, and your mind is free to then exercise your faith, what you truly desire in your heart in a mate. Amen? Yeah. A lot of what comes to people is, what is based on what they believe, not based on the mistakes they made. You'd be surprised. Okay? And that's why you have to be careful if you came from a broken home or violence or even drama and trauma, because going through that, you won't be hopeful about meeting somebody nice in the future, okay? That's why sometimes kids who come from that family, they, they, they expect for a good person to show up because of what they saw. So it ends up being more of a belief. They draw the invisible into manifestation. You gotta be very careful about your past, your past people. That's why every person, okay, how many of you know it's not how you start, it's how you finish? Bible says he wants to give you an expected end. I was ministering to somebody yesterday, and I was talking about you have to be careful about being uh, paying attention to the little bit of troubles that you have today, the little bit of troubles that you have today. And I use the example of how many of you, this is us all day, how many of you have been watching a movie and stuff started happening in the movie, and what do you say? This better not end stupid. We have watched movies and talked all the way through the movie. This better not be, oh. How many times have I said, if y'all in this movie, Stuart, I'm get up and drop kick this television right off my wall. Okay, why? Because you're expecting it to end. Okay, it's okay if we had some trouble during the movie, some trouble during the book, some trouble during the play, but we need this to end right. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And so be careful about how you judge your moments and your mistakes and your drama and your trauma and your molestation and all of those things that will cause you to devalue yourself, but it's part of the story. It's a book that's supposed to have a glorious end. Amen, amen, amen. So this week we're going to talk about courtship, yes. wisdom and success during the courtship season. So let's look at Proverbs eleven fourteen. You want me to read these? Sure, go ahead. These sound like stuff I should read. Okay. People lose their way without wise leadership, but a nation succeeds and stands in victory when it has many good counselors to guide it. The reason I read that is the Bible does not say anything specifically 
about this is how you date and this is how you court. Okay, but there is all over the Bible. Okay, Proverbs 15, 22. Your plans will fall apart right in front of you if you fail to get good advice. But if you first, not last, first seek out multiple counselors, you'll watch your plans succeed. And this next one, by the way, um, these notes will be uploaded to the sermon. I already sent them the notes, so as soon as they get the sermon, they'll upload the notes. So you can take pictures, take notes, but if I'm moving too fast, you'll be able to pull the entire sermon uh, notes from the what they put up later. Uh, Proverbs 19.3. Oh, this is every pastor's one. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. I have to deal with that all day. You try to tell them, try to tell them, and they don't do it, and now they're angry at God. Okay, and so I started to put it in here twice from a different translation. Uh, 19.3, Passion Translation. There are some people who ruin their own lives and then blame it all on God. Okay, God gives you, oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying God gives you a blueprint. And, and if you don't follow the blueprint, don't get mad when the tornado knocks your house down. You didn't follow the blueprint. And you don't get mad at the message. I mean, if you're asking God to show me the right way, he shows you, he tells you, five, six, seven different ways, and you say, well, I don't want that. I'm going to do it a different way. That's your own rebellion. That's not the Lord. And then you'll get mad at him and say, well, why didn't he stop me? Mm -mm. Well, he tried. And he has also given us free will. He has given us free will, the right to choose. He said, choose ye this day. Choose life. He gave you life and death. Choose life. He tells you what choice to make, so he's telling you what choice to make, but we have the right to make whatever decision we desire with the information that we have. Amen? And when people tell me, I'm just mad because the Lord didn't stop me, I tell people all the time, if God stops you, then he needs to make me get up and read my Bible. He needs to make me get up and pray. He needs to make me obey the speed limit. He needs to make me not cuss people out when they get mad. I don't do that. I'm using that as an example. He needs to make me, make me, make me, make me. You understand what I'm saying? We want God to make us do something. Never mind, I'll just leave that alone. Proverbs 20, 24, 3. Wise people are builders. They build families, businesses, and communities. And through intelligence and insight, their enterprises are established and endure. We do not see that in society today. Right now, because... It's, it's, and you know, when you hear this term that families are the building blocks of society, that's not true. Single people are the building blocks of society. You don't get born married, okay? And, and the quality of a marriage is based on the quality of the two single individuals in it. Would you agree? Amen. Okay, so single people are the building blocks. And so, but what happens is we're in a culture now where single people are destroying themselves and not keeping themselves. They get in relationships and they're just hopping in relationships and destroying themselves and destroying the individual that they're in relationship. Well, I'm gonna just hop in bed with you. Well, I don't like you, so I'm gonna leave and I'm gonna try you out for a little while. And, boom. and it's just damaging, 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 damaging. And then when they then do get married, usually the wrong way, uh, then they bring all of that trash and all of that drama and everything else and, and nothing is really being built. Everything is just kind of existing and crumbling. You understand what I'm saying? And so I know some of you are married and, and all of those things, but you need to understand this courtship process to help understand maybe where you made some mistakes, um, as well as being able to share with other individuals. So you can go ahead and read. Here's one, uh, someone asked me, uh, what you teaching on? I said, courtship. I said, they said, what's that? I said, that's why I'm teaching on it. So let's look at this first, the graphic. 
Courtship is the period of development towards an intimate relationship wherein a couple gets to know each other and decide whether there will be an engagement followed by marriage. A courtship may be an informal, may be informal and private, a private matter between two people or may be a public affair or a formal arrangement with family approval. Dating is not for the purpose of getting your emotional needs met, getting your emotional fix. It's not right. You feel lonely, you feel vulnerable, so you call up old dude, somebody from your past, somebody in your present. For that day, let's go out to dinner, let's go to a movie, and then you continue this behavior. Or the opposite is true. There's a man, he really wants to have the companionship of a female, of a woman, but yet he's not ready to commit to a marriage, but he wants to just go to this woman, that woman, this woman, that woman, just to hang out and things go too far, and then you end up breaking hearts, breaking souls, damaging people. So you cannot approach the opposite sex just to get your emotional fix. If you are not ready for marriage, then you're not ready for dating a courtship. You're just not ready, and it's okay to not be ready. Singleness is a great time to explore who you are. It's a great time to get to know yourself. It's a great time to get to know your likes and dislikes. Or as you evolve, as you age, you discover some new likes, some new interests. It's a wonderful time to travel. A wonderful time to see the world, to save money, to spend money, to shop, to travel, to do things. It's a wonderful, wonderful season because once you're married and for the wives, you come into submission of your husband and he says no spending, then there's no spending. But as a single woman, there's some things you can explore, things you can do, whether it's your education, whether it's career choices, whatever those decisions are at that time, singleness is a great, great season of time. Did you read the second one? Not yet. Ah, okay, cool. Courtship is also a period of time when two individuals get to know each other in preparation for what could be or should be a lifetime together. Getting to know each other should be the primary goal, not sex. Getting to know each other should be the primary goal in order to determine if you want to spend the rest of your life with this individual. And unfortunately, because sex is introduced during this time, then you really don't know the individual. You have not had time to observe them in different scenarios. You have not had an opportunity to see how they will react, not react, decisions they will make because you were prematurely introduced something that should not have been introduced. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. um, that's one of the things where everyone tries to beat the science and you can't. It's a science. Um, we used to watch The Biggest Lo Loser and uh, what is the girl, Jillian? Um, yeah. And, and so she knew that losing weight is a science. She knew that if you do a diet a particular way and you do certain things, you're going to drop the weight. So they'd get to that point where they weigh the people after a week to see their results. And this person, instead of going down, they went up. And, and they sitting up there crying, <laughs> I don't know what happened. And Jillian said, that's a lie, you can't beat the science. You did something. I'm telling you, I did the right thing. No, you can't beat the science, you did something. All right, when y'all wasn't watching, I got up and ate 15 donuts. And <laughs> Jillian knew you can't beat the science. Well, when it comes to this, you also can't beat the science of becoming blind when you have sex with someone you're not married to. Always remember this, the Holy Spirit showed me this years ago. You have sex with a person, you put on a pair of sunglasses. And then the second time, you put on another pair of sunglasses, and you swear you can see. The third time, you put on another pair of sunglasses. After a few times, you're completely blind. And, you can, and so because you're completely blind, you can only be led by what you feel. Okay? And then some people, they get married too fast. You know what? They get, <laughs> they get married too fast only so they can have sex. That's a terrible decision.
Because then when you have sex, then you realize, oh, wow, I didn't know I married a monster. And, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's very, it's, I understand it's difficult, but you got to force yourself to do it the right way. You know, you got to force yourself to do it the right way. I'm going to hold off on what I want to say. So we're going to, we're about to get to some stuff here. We're about to get to some it'll, stuff. It'll come out. It'll come out. It'll come out. Okay, the next graphics. To use an analogy, dating is like, like a comma, whereas courting is like a period. This means that dating presents a man and a woman with a number of potential ends to their relationship, whereas courting has only one. That's marriage. And you should never date unless you're ready to get married. I'm lonely. You should never date unless you're ready to get married. I don't have nobody, Bob Puppy. You should never date because if you date outside of any reason except for marriage, you're going to get in sexual trouble. It's as simple as that. And the sad part about hurting people in that arena is that you don't know the pain that you leave with an individual when you do that to them, okay? And especially if you're just going here, going here, going there, going there, going there, you might have, you might have 12 individuals that still suffer because of what you did. And I, I'm not gonna be playing with that type of stuff, y'all, because guess what? We didn't have to counsel them. Okay, so I'll go ahead and read it right quick. Uh, there are four stages of dating relationships before we get to this craziness. <laughs> stage one is initial meeting attraction. Go ahead if you want to answer them. Oh, um, stage one is the initial meeting and the attraction. You see somebody, you like somebody, you know, you feel something about them, you know, et cetera. That's easy, you know. That's why, <laughs> ladies, don't let that be the day you go out house wrong. You never know. Because people meet all the time. You, aisle seven at the grocery store, at the gas station, 24-hour teller. Don't that, let that be the day you didn't put no lotion on. Just, just, my wife doesn't pretty much let me. Sometimes I sneak out, she doesn't know. But I was like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so that's the initial meeting and attraction stage two. Curiosity, interest, and if infatuation. Infatuation is not necessarily a bad thing if you keep it in its context. Because yes, you can be infatuated someone if you begin to start falling for them. Third stage is enlightenment and becoming a couple. Enlightenment is, I think this might be the one. Okay, and then you start becoming a couple. And then the fourth stage is the commitment or the engagement. Okay, so those are the four stages of relationships. I'm going to read this scripture and then jump into it unless you want to add this part here. Yes, okay, go ahead. The primary thing you should be doing during this phase is talking, talking, and more talking. Getting information, thinking. If you are having sex and you're being intimate, then it's too difficult to think about the things you need to find out from this individual. And you need to determine, is this someone I want to spend the rest of my life with? Yes, we grow, we evolve, at least we should be. But at this moment, if he never changes a thing, can I live with the way that he is right now? I had to ask myself that question with an individual in my past, and I told myself no, so I broke it off. Because there were things that I did not like. I asked a person to change, they made excuse after excuse, and I determined within myself, I don't want to live with these issues for the rest of my life, and nor do I have to. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to settle. 
there is someone else out there. And unfortunately, we get in our mind that if I don't accept this person, if I don't accept how they treat me, how they disrespect me, how they hurt me, how they talk to me, how they disregard me, if I don't accept that treatment, I'll never have another. That is a lie from the pit of hell. The Lord has someone for you. And you have to value yourself enough to know that, you know what, this is not the right person. Clearly, I made a mistake. Or if it's reached a point where we can't go any further, the Lord has someone else someone else for me that's better suited for me and that will just be my cup of tea and I'll be his cup of tea, her cup of tea, but this is not the one. So let's just cut this off right now. And men and women, don't make, don't put this off on God. If you don't like the individual, say the, the Lord told <laughs> yeah, me that, that you aren't the one. He didn't tell you nothing. The Lord didn't tell you anything. And so there is a way to bring a dating or courtship relationship to a close without just destroying an individual. Please don't blame the Lord for your own decision. It's not right being overly spiritual and it, the God told, God told me. No, he did not. So please don't do that. Yeah, people tend to put, there's two people get blamed for most stuff and it's God and the devil. And, and, you know, even God didn't force Eve upon Adam. It says he presented her. Do you like? Yeah, I like that a lot. Okay. So um, that's very, very, very important. Quit trying to be deep and all that type of stuff. Just say, you know, but see, you know what? If you do it the right way, all you have to say is, okay, you know what? You, let me tell y'all something. I understand that y'all like these romance movies and, and Hitch and, and all of these other movies that y'all like to watch and all that type of stuff. They, they're nice and fine. Yeah, no, I didn't say there's nothing wrong with them. I'm just saying. I mean, they're, they're nice. But the problem is you need to approach, because we're getting ready to, teach you how you need to approach this. It's fine you have the romance and the ooey-gooeyness, but you need to intertwine within that business. Because if you get too caught up in that and all of the ooey-gooeyness, you're going to spend a lifetime of drama. And I understand that if, never mind, let me just go ahead and do Let me read the scripture. Luke 14, 28. Listen to what Jesus said. So don't follow me without considering what it will cost you. For who would construct a house before sitting down to estimate the cost to complete it? So I have a graphic here that all of you need to remember. And this is business relationships as well. Get into relationships based on how much it costs, not how much it makes you feel good. And when you're in a relationship and you're starting to date someone, you should be trying to figure out how much is it going to cost me for the rest of my life. And in order for you to determine a cost, you got to give a proper valuation of this situation. You understand what I'm saying? I need to find out everything about this car. How much is the gas mileage? How much is it going to cost to change the oil? There are some cars that you buy. Yes, you could afford it. But if you knew that the oil change was going to cost $1,000, nah. no. No, 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 no. Do you know a tune-up on a Ferrari costs three grand? Three grand. Okay, so, so, and you know, I heard a preacher say, he said, if you walk up to a car and you got to ask what the gas mileage is, you're not ready for that car. While we were dating, I inquired of the Lord many times. I'm just many times during that season because I just really wanted to know. I wanted the answers. And so I had a sense in my heart that I really believe this is the one. I really believe this is the one. These are things that I asked Lord for. He clearly has them. So, but I just really, I need to know from God because I asked him on our third date, so what are your goals? Like, do you have any goals, like your life goals, financial goals? You know, I'm just getting, jumping all in. I want to know. And, you know, he shared what his goals, were, his goals were, his philosophy on life and all of that. So I began to ask, Lord, what have you called him to do? What have you called him to do? I mean, he's working for the water department. He's an usher at church. But is there a calling on his life? And if there is, what is it? 
at that season, I was preparing to go to Bible school myself, and I just wanted to know, what had he called him to do? And over time, the Lord had revealed to me he had called him to be a pastor. And immediately, I said no. no. And I knew I was called to the ministry, which was so crazy. I knew I was called to the ministry. But I told my father, no. The Lord said he called him to be a pastor, and no, 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 I cannot be a first lady. He was like, what's wrong with you? I was like, I just can't do it. He said, aren't you called to the ministry? I said, I am called to the ministry, sir. I am. He said, so what's the problem? I was like, I don't know. I just don't know. But over time, the Lord began to really minister to my heart that it wasn't about where I was at that time, but what I would become. I was looking at where I was at that time, and I just looked at myself and said, no, I can't, I can't do this. I've seen women in ministry, and no, 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 I cannot do it. But I just, said, I just kept it to myself, and I said, Lord, whatever it is, yes, I can do it. And so I knew prior to us getting married that he had call, he'd been called to be a pastor, even before he knew he was called to be a pastor. And don't be afraid to walk. Always remember this. You get the opposite of what you reject. Well, you know, he got this problem, this problem, this problem, but I'm going to just go ahead and accept it. When you reject that problem, that problem, that problem, then God has to send you the opposite of what you reject. But a lot of times, but see, you know what, though? If you don't value yourself, you're going to attract your level of value. It's very dangerous. Okay, so, all right. So with all this talking, what should you be talking about during courtship? We have the, one, the graphic that's up there. Okay, let's go to the next graphic. Topics to be discussed during courtship. Number one, salvation experience. Are you saved? Do you know Jesus? <laughs> when they start saying stuff, well, you know, I know God. That ain't what I ask you. Well, I'm spiritual. You know, that's, that's, I'm, I'm spiritual. There's one individual that knows who God is more than anybody. His name would be Satan. Okay. So, yeah, all of that stuff, you, you got to pay attention. And, and you got to pay attention to if it's genuine or they're putting on for you. People will put on for you until they get you. I was saved at five. That's, that's I was baptized at two. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. You, as they say, if you're not saved, you, you simply went down into the water or a dry devil and came up a wet one. That's all baptism is for people that's not saved. Now, Christian faith, what do they believe? You don't have to believe everything exactly the same yes there are people who they pray in tongues but he doesn't you know this, you know let me tell you something the bible doesn't say anything about that that's not unequally yoked people added that it's not unequally yoked if i speak in tongues and she doesn't i go to a pentecostal church and she goes to a methodist church and we get married that's not unequally yoked according to the scripture unequally yoked according to the scripture is i'm saved and she's not so we're going to stop adding stuff Oh, Lord. Okay, so y'all understand, but you do, the closer somebody thinks, there have been many a people, there have been men that dated women, and they brought them to this church, and they got baptized in the Holy Ghost, praying in other tongues, inner healing, deliverance, and there have been women who have dated men, and the same thing. He was saved, but he was not familiar with the higher things of God. She brought him here. He embraced it, filled with the Holy Ghost, bam, 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 you know. I don't know where bam, bam, bam came from, but, you know. Third thing is life history, childhood. Early life, you want to talk about that, okay, and, and listen to is there pain, is there joy, is there drama, you know, because these are things, these are not disqualifiers, they're things that you need to talk about. I have run into situations as a pastor where things were supposed to be discussed. She did not tell the husband or vice versa, or the husband didn't tell the wife. And, well, when we get married, he'll be okay. And when the husband or the wife found out they weren't, they immediately divorced. 
it would be better. Let me tell you something. If the person loves you, then they love you flaws and all. You understand what I'm saying? They love you based on your present, your future, and your past. You understand what I'm saying? Don't be afraid to tell the person what you went through in the past. You'll be surprised because if it's the right individual, they will never be offended. They will be compassionate. And let me say this. It's, it's wrong not to share because you think they may leave you. You have to give an individual the opportunity to say whether or not, okay, I know about your past, I know about this issue, that issue, this health issue, this medical issue, this financial issue, I know about it, I'm good with it, we're gonna stand together, we're gonna believe God. So give them the opportunity, it's not fair to hide it because you believe they will not marry you or be with you, that's wrong and it's deceptive. And in the business world, in, 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 in the relationship world uh, between the husband and the wife, it's called courtship. In the business world, it's called probation. We're going to give you a probationary period to see if we should keep you forever. You understand what I'm saying? Y'all looking at me like, oh, Lord, this is going someplace. You want to talk about past relationships? You don't have to talk about it too early, but, you know, you want to find out. So, you know, do you got any, you know, drama that I need to know about, you know? For example, you were 15. You gave birth to a child from up for adoption. Mm. You don't want to marry that person, and this person finds you at the age of 35, and the spouse never knew about it. The spouse never knew. Now you give them an opportunity to say, hey, this is what happened when I was 15, I was 13, I was 14, I was 12, and are you okay with that? Some will say yes and some will say no. Do you have any family commitments? This is just phase one. Do you have any family commitments? Do you have to take care of your mother? Do you have to take care of your dad? Do you have to take care of your, 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 your grand you know, parents? Uh, do you have any godchildren? Um, um, does somebody have you on a piece of paper that if they die, you have to take care of their children? These are all things that you want to talk about, okay? Number six, what the next graphic is, you want to talk about current friendships, male and female, including social media. Now, everybody say opinion. Opinion. I don't need to add no opinion. I'm going to just say what I have to say. I... Some people say that men and women cannot be friends. I disagree. But I do start agreeing more and more that the male and the female are in closer age proximity. So, because, you know what? See, the reason why it's dangerous to have a friend of the opposite sex is because you like them. That's why they're your friend. You like talking to them. And that's the first building block of a relationship. So it's okay for you to say, yeah, I have friends, but guess what you might have to say to a couple of those friends? Hey, sorry, I got to put you on hold. I'm dating someone, and I don't want to be disrespectful to this individual and give them the wrong impression that I'm a player player from the Himalayas. Y'all know what I'm saying? Not. This has been my, main, my, my, my friend for 15 years, and just because you came into my life don't mean he can't be my friend. I don't have or, it. Or, <laughs> or this has been my girl since high school. This has been my girl. Wonderful. I'm supposed to be your number one. I'm supposed to be your number one. Who is she? Bye. It's, it's very simple. It's just, it's like business. You just, you know, you may have to call them and say, hey, look, I'm not going to be answering my text. I'm going to be very respectful to this individual. You know, not so much, you know, I'm not talking about you have to do it on the first date, you know, but I'm saying once you start believing this, you got to start giving that person the respect and the honor that is due them. Hey, so. Because you just don't want a, a woman or a man to have your spouse's heart more than you have their heart. And when you share intimate secrets, your fears, your desires, there's intimacy created. 
emotional intimacy. So you can be unfaithful in that arena. It's not just sex and adultery. It's the emotional arena where you attach yourself to another individual. Where you, when you feel bad, you call that individual when you should be calling your wife. Or when you have a bad day at work, you call on your friend that you have for 20 years instead of calling your husband. And even though he may not be in that place, the intimacy has not been developed just yet, it has, you have to give it time. And you have to give it attention. You have to nurture the relationship in order for it to grow. That's how this other relationship you had grew. Because you spent time talking to that individual, pouring out your heart, sharing with them, and that's how that one grew. And when you align yourself with somebody to say, you know what, I think this is my life partner, you need to make some, some changes. And the more you start thinking that that person is the one, the more you gotta start pulling away from stuff. Someone said, I don't even remember who told, shared this with me, it was just a few weeks ago, and they, they, what they said was so powerful. They said, for, 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 for those that had good parents, they said, they said, your parents gave birth to you, they fed you, they changed your diaper, provided you money, food, protection, sent you to school, you, you cried, you laughed with them, you got rebuked, you got spanked by them. I mean, everything, you're intertwined with your parents. They are the ones that are most important in your life. Yet, yes. when it comes to the spouse, God said, leave, leave them two suckers behind. Leave. So if you're supposed to leave your parents behind and they raised you, gave birth to you, fed you, and protects you, what are you doing talking about your little raggedy friend? Oh, man, this is not going away. You know, interestingly, interestingly enough, I had this conversation with my dad because we were so close. Now, many of you know, or most of you know, I did not grow up with my father. It wasn't until many years later at 18 when he introduced me to the Lord, led me to Christ, all of that. We became close. He discipled me for seven, six really, really good, strong years until he passed away. I was 24 when he passed away. But as Oath and I were getting closer to that engagement phase, I told my dad, well, dad, you know, we've been really, really close and we talk about everything, but I need to kind of like pull back a little bit, you know, because Oath and I will be getting married soon. He did not appreciate that. Who, me or your dad? My dad. Oh. Now, he could respect it because he was a man of the word, right? He could respect it, but again, I did not grow up with him. So now we have this wonderful, close relationship where we talk about everything, and now I'm saying I have to pull back? Wait a minute, hold up. But I told my father, and he had to respect it. And when we say pull back, particularly from parents, we're talking about pulling back from their dominance over you, their control over you. We're not talking about you can't and go visit your mama. Over yeah, you, you got to be careful with that. And some of it is good, and some of it is bad, but you don't put your parents ahead of your spouse. You just don't. Or your previous children that were born prior to the relationship ahead of your spouse. Yeah, you, you just don't. I mean, that's I do a lot of counseling because, you know, the man, you married the girl, but you're still trying to please mama. Mama got her own man. Matter of fact, that's what, never mind. She need to be worried about her husband, not you and your wife. Well, my wife, when I got married to my wife, she was a little concerned because of... Um, she couldn't cook like my mother. I said, well, I, I didn't marry a recipe book. I didn't marry you because of your cooking. I'm not expecting you to be like my mother. I said, you cook the way that you cook, okay? Now, she can't cook like my mother, but my mother also can't cook like her. There's some dishes that my wife makes that people literally will fight over, and it kills any restaurant, but it's not soul food. You see what I'm saying? So, so maybe she, maybe the soul food, maybe it's not like, like my mother, but I didn't, I didn't get married over a soul food issue. Y'all understand what I'm saying? 
I'm sorry. Yeah, I get mad because I got to keep telling people this. It's simple. We're just You learn how to cook, and never mind. Let's just keep on going here because I'm getting all. Where am I at? Number seven, hobbies. Number seven, hobbies. It was something I was supposed to say about, oh, yeah. Hey, and when you start dating somebody, don't let your friends get in your business too much. Oh, you ain't got time for us now? No. When I was dating her, you couldn't find me. Find me either. <laughs> I was with you. Going in a couple of different directions there. <laughs> I just wanted to add that because people, you know, they it's like never mind. Let's hobbies and recreational interests. You could talk about that, okay? Personal fears, very important. You share your personal fears with the right individual is compassion, not judgment. Likes and dislikes, personal appearance, personal appearance behavior tell people well this is kind of what i like and now let me say something ladies because you know feel free to add it from the women's point of view let me tell you something ladies if the man starts talking about a style that you don't personally co-op um cooperate in your life don't get offended the man didn't say you were ugly the man said well this is the type of hairstyle that i like hairstyles can change after on the first date, the man is talking about your nose. Well, it might be time to end this right now. I'm not about to do no plastic surgery. I don't even know you like that. You know, but, but he might talk about, when I first met my wife, I did not like the style of clothes that she chose. I look sharp, okay? I was sharp. I was fine. And she did look sharp, but I didn't think she looked sharp. It's not a wrong or right. <laughs> that might have sounded wrong. Y'all get my point. It's not, even, it's not a wrong or right. It's an issue of personal Pref style. Preferences. It's so preferences. if he says something about you know, personal style that you can change and stuff like that. That's not, don't get mad and get an attitude. Are oh, you trying to change me already? No, the man is just telling you what he likes. Same thing, men. Okay, so likes and dislikes, personal appearance, behavior, and then talk about past failures and past successes. Talk about both. It's okay to let them know, yeah, I failed at business one time. I had to claim bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. She needs to know that. I know a couple that I counseled, and they were like, we got this. We don't... The church that I was a part of, they used to lie on that church and say that they didn't want to join the church. They asked for your social security number. That was a lie. In counseling, when we were marrying, when we were dating, when we were counseling people that wanted to get married, we would tell them, uh, you need to know each other's personal information. So find out about each other's credit. That's where that rumor got out. And so sometimes you get individuals, oh, no, we didn't know that. We trust each other. Well, if you trust each other, go ahead and do it then. Well, no, we, we uh, okay, fine. I trust him. I trust him. Uh, okay. Married the guy, found out he was 100 grand in debt. I'm not sure if he's talking about the same couple, but there was a couple that got married very, very quickly. Got married very quickly, did not court for very long. Got married. Uh, the gentleman was in debt. They were divorced in six weeks. They were divorced because they were, he was in so much debt. Had, filed bankruptcy. There were just things that he did not divulge during that courtship period that did eventually come out yeah. right after the marriage. And it always comes out. God or the devil or both of them will make sure it comes out. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I don't even know who she's talking about. She doesn't know who I'm talking about, which lets you know that's a problem. Okay, next one is things to be discussed are vows, covenants, and commitments. Well, I'm a part of the Army Reserve, and so one month out of the year, I disappear. 
and got to go train in Afghanistan. You know, I'm a member of a sorority or fraternity, and so every so often we, you want to talk about issues and things that you are committed to. Just be totally honest. I'm a doctor, and once a year I go to Africa to serve people that are impoverished. It's a six-week commitment. Yeah, talk about those things. It's, again, this y'all both determining how much this is going to cost if this goes someplace. How much is this going to cost me physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally? All them other leads. Medical history and current health. Be honest. Once again, do not conceal where you are with your health or your past medical history because you're afraid the person may not stay. It is so wrong to conceal it and then let it come out later because it's going to come out at some point or another. It will be revealed. It will come out. So it's better just to be up front and say X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, and let that person determine whether or not they want to move forward. I mean, I was talking to a woman and she has had issues with people in the past that she had to care for. I mean, just taking care of them. It doesn't mean she's a bad person. It's a huge commitment to care for someone. It's a huge commitment and it weighs on you emotionally, physically, spiritually. I mean, it weighs on you. So she determined for herself going forward, this is not the relationship that I want. I want someone who is well, who is healthy, and that's her preference. It's not wrong, so don't judge a lady. It's just her personal preference. Yes. We're going to speed up a little bit because I want to make sure I end for them for the class. Oh, that's me talking to her. Um, and I think the next two are career and educational aspirations. You know, if you plan on practicing to be a space engineer in two years, they might want to know that because you're going to be on space for six years. You'd be surprised what people hide. You don't need to hide anything. Now, you tell them, now, I'm not necessarily saying I'm going to do this, but these are the things that are floating around on the inside of me. Financial goals, debt, obligations, credit history, and current credit status, because that can change and it can be built. Okay? I know a woman who discussed with a gentleman um, her desire to have children during that courtship phase, and he said, I don't want to have any children. And she said she just really just wanted one baby, just one baby. And he told her, okay, we can have one child. After they got married, he told her he did, not, he did not want children. That was his original stance. He did not want to have children. He changed his mind or just his statement in order to, give her, to get married. After marriage, he said, I really don't want children. They ended up divorced. And she went on to, to be with someone else to have this child because she really just wanted this one child. And then on the opposite, I counseled a couple. She didn't tell him she couldn't have children. And he wanted children. She kept it from him on purpose, and the same thing always here, they'll be okay after we get married. And so when he found out the truth, divorced her immediately. And then we remarried somebody who could have children. Tell the truth. If you can't have children, there are two things. One, you can get healed from it. Two, even if you don't, there are some men that are okay being with a woman that can't have children. He'll say, well, what about adoption? You'll be you have to tell the truth or you end up with trouble later. You, why would you wanna be with someone that doesn't want you because of your issues. Right. Because everybody has issues. And there's somebody that God has set up for you that has no problem with your issues. One of the things that I've, I've seen many cases like this. This girl had three children by three different fathers, and one of the children was mentally impaired and handicapped. And a man, the Lord sent a man across her path who was single with no children, saved. He married the girl and took care of the three kids like they were his own. But if you sit up there, well, you know, I got this situation, I got these kids, and what does that mean to God? I have seen women that have six children, and, and, and then a man marries them and takes care of all six children. 
But if you say, let me tell you something, your circumstances don't dictate what might come to you. It's Amen. your belief. Amen. And if you believe nobody wants you, then guess what? Nobody wants you. There are women that are on a scale of 1 to 10, they're 12s and still can't get a date because they see themselves as ugly. And how many, how many of y'all see? Y'all, how many you know? It is nothing more hilarious than a woman that thinks she got it like that, but she really ain't got it like that. <laughs> can't tell that woman nothing. She can look crazy, man. You see them walking through Walmart sometimes with their house shoes on and a bonnet wearing some stretch pants, looking like they just got up out of bed. But they walk into Walmart like, <laughs> you looking at me, <laughs> do you know who you're talking to? I'm sharp. But confidence is very attractive. It's very attractive. Confidence is very, very attractive. It's very sexy. It's very appealing. And so you don't have to be a 10 or a 15 or 25, but as long as you are comfortable in your own skin and you value where you are at that moment in your life, someone will find you attractive and you can get together. Yes. Here's the next one. Things to avoid during courtship. Y'all ready? Don't neglect Jesus Christ and his kingdom. They don't even know who you are now because you didn't follow this man or this woman. Mm -hmm. It's still this guy. My wife doesn't like when I joke. It was this guy. He really, really loved this church. He started being faithful until that woman came to the door. We have not seen him since. At this church. I've not seen that man since. I've seen him since. And no, and she kind of like kidnapped him. It was a little. I mean. It was, never mind. His mama called me. She said, I don't know who this woman is that got my son. <laughs> Probably handicapped to the bed, handcuffed to the bed right now. Don't neglect Jesus Christ and his kingdom. That's what's going to keep you sane. Don't pretend, don't pretend. Be yourself and let your partner know who you are. Okay. My dad asked me that question. Well, has, does Othan know about you? I was like, what you mean, dad? Has he seen you? Yeah, he's seen me. What do you mean? I mean, does he really know you? Like your temperaments, you know, your moods and stuff. You need to show him who you really are. Okay, Dad, thanks. But you don't necessarily want to do that on purpose. I mean, you just want to say, guess what you should share with them? You, you know, sometimes I have a little bit of a temper problem. Oh, really? What is that like? <laughs> you need to tell people this stuff. Because you know what? There's some people, y'all, see, you think that those are issues that disqualify you. There's a man out there that can deal with your temper problem. Or your moodiness. Or your fickleness. You see him going through the grocery store. She's just cussing him out and everything because he picked up the wrong cucumber. And he's just standing there just taking it. She's going, <laughs> and I am that dude to walk right past and just laugh. You picked that. <laughs> Don't cohabit. Live together. Don't play house. Everyone say, A. A to the man. To the man. I don't know why people are so quick to live together. Okay. Don't become his housekeeper or his cook. We didn't say you couldn't cook a meal for him. He needs to know if you can cook. So go ahead and make a meal. But this is every day, every day. Y'all have met for, y'all don't know each other for two months and folks think y'all already married just based on what y'all do for each other. He dropping off his laundry at your house. Y'all don't open up a bank account together and, and just done. Y'all, stop. Just wait. I can't just wait. I just don't understand why they can't wait. <sighs> don't be unfaithful. You know what that means? Date one person at a time. If you're not dating one person at a time, it's because you're a player, male or female. It's as simple as that. Don't date because guess what? You're only supposed to be dating for the purpose of marriage. 
Okay, so this ain't a buffet. It's like, let me and see, but guess what? If you talk and doing the, you do this correctly, you'll come to the conclusion very quickly. I had a lot of one-day dates. Sometimes when they got in the car, I was like, nope, mm-mm. We already know I'm canceling this. Told you about two or three times I pretended like I was sick to end that date. One girl, I turned her around around, almost threw up on the freeway and everything. Not like literally, I was just pretending like I was. Some, huh, some hit me. Oh, I'm getting this. <laughs> just my wife will tell you I can get out some stuff. I can get out some stuff. I went on. I'm, I know I'm being a little personal here, but 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 I went on this one gate, one date, and I went ahead and went through the whole date. Pulled in the driveway, and she wanted to kiss. And I could sense it, like Phil Collins. I can sense it coming in the air of night. You know that song. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and so before we got to the house, I was like. <sighs> I said, I think it was something in the food. Oh, I don't know. So by the time we put in that driveway, she wouldn't give me a kiss for nothing. <laughs> Haven't seen her since. Maybe on the news and I didn't recognize her or something. I don't know. Okay. Let me just add something to not, uh, to not being unfaithful. Don't be unfaithful. If this person is not your cup of tea, just go ahead and release them mm. so they can find someone else, and you also can, you can be open to, to have someone else. Don't sample this one, sample that one, sample this one, sample that one, and try to put them all together to get the perfect man <laughs> or the perfect woman. I'm sorry. Okay? I'm laughing because of the stuff that we heard over the years. I heard a guy tell me one time, he said, you know what? I had all of these women. I'm not lying. I had all of these women, and I was pleasing them all. I was like, mm -hmm, you a legend in your own mind. What you have left of it, by the way. I was pleasing all of them, and then I asked myself a question. If I could please all of these women, what would happen if I put all of that love in one woman? And all of the guys that were standing in a circle were looking like, do you hear this fool? <laughs> just, just stop. Okay. Don't be unfaithful. Next graphic. Up oh, here we go. Hold on to your wigs and your toupees. Kissing and fondling should be avoided. Avoided. Oh. You know what the Lord told me last night? He said, sensuality is something that was created by God to not stop. So wherever you started, it's designed to continue to a particular end. We'll just read through this because they ain't. Kissing and fondling should be avoided. Eric, let the church say. Amen. Absolutely do not have sex. That includes oral sex. Let the church say. Amen. Everybody say do not. Do not. Shall not. Shall not. Have not. Have not. Don't think about not. That makes Don't no sense. That's what not. happens when the rubber goes too far. Do not have sex. I keep telling people that. They walk right out of here and guess what they do? Have sex. Avoid late night visits because the freaks do come out at night. In the dark. Ding dong. You looking. Huh. What's going on? I was just coming to check on you. Uh, why? Is the nation under attack or something? Or? Is there a snowstorm on the way? Uh, I was just in the neighborhood. No, you weren't. How huh, are you just in my neighborhood? 
Is there a grocery store that you'd like to partake of every once in a while or a special coffee shop that's open late at night? Well, let me tell you something, especially men. Men will come up with a reason. And one of the worst things that I ever heard you all is a couple that dated. He left her place. She got in the shower and she heard a voice to say, hey, you know what? Y'all, maybe you all could just marry yourselves. You don't need a minister. She got out of the shower, got a phone call from the guy. He said, you know what? I was thinking that, you know, we don't really need a minister. We can just marry ourselves. So he came back over. <laughs> they married themselves holding hands on the couch. And of course, now that you're married, you can have sex. So they have sex. And uh, so she then, he then went back home. So guess what she started doing? She started packing up her stuff to move into his house because she was in a little small apartment. So she went on there knocking on the door. He went to answer the door. He was living with another girl at his apartment. And you know how that story goes. Took me about three weeks to convince her she was not married. That's how deep deception can go, especially self-deception. When you don't want to hear the truth, then you will, by default, you'll get lies. You'll get deception, which will lead you down a path. I mean, it took three weeks for him to convince her. But how long did it take for her to really get free or healed oh, yeah. from that situation? And the condemnation, the shame, the embarrassment of her believing something like that. I mean, it will take you a long, I, I dare say she might even still be going through some things behind that. And it's a very, very, oh. a very painful situation. She absolutely is. It's been one of my, it has been the one, it's been one of the few counseling sessions that over years, it never breaks. Um, I don't want to give it away or anything, but she's in, situ, she's in a situation right now where her whole life changed because she wouldn't listen to what I told her to do. She just wouldn't listen, and our whole life changed forever. Whole life, and she stays in condemnation, stays in condemnation, and it's just so sad. And when I have to minister to her, it's like draining a water tank the size of this building. I have to just, ugh, you know, and I just feel so bad. I feel depressed for her because she just won't listen. And, and the sad part is, all of it is behind, she wants a man. And the Lord can change her situation around. I mean, in an instant, mm -hmm. in an instant. But because of the rebellion and the pride that's in her heart, she won't listen. She'll call, but then will not do, won't do, uh, won't, won't do the instructions, won't adhere to the instructions. Yeah, so avoid late night visits, avoid meeting in dark places or being alone in the dark. It's the best time. Avoid staying together for a long time, doing nothing. nothing. Now you're bored. And let me tell you something. There's a rule of thumb that when you're sitting together next to each other doing nothing, your hand will start to come up with ideas. Oh, I didn't know I was doing that. And you even got to be careful. Remember, sensuality is a thread that's not supposed to stop. God designed it to not stop. Okay? You're in the, you're in the movie theater with your date. Y'all holding hands. Okay? But then the hold hands turns into stuff like this and playing with each other's fingers. And now the movie is over, but that little thing stayed on the inside of both of you. And that's what you're thinking. That, Man, that felt really, really nice. We should take it to the next level. Quit playing. You're playing too much. Okay. Or don't backslide or allow the other person to draw you away from God. I see that so much. People, there are people that they'll, they'll, they'll follow the woman before they follow God. Let them walk. It's my favorite quote in the movie Heat, Walk. Next graphic. Oh, this is the third one and then we're done. I'm, I'm good. I'm almost there. 
and this is more just of a, a, a simple basic teaching, but these are the things you need to go home, put on a checklist if you're single, and start going through this stuff. Because watch this. Well, what if I go too fast? And, and he gets a little upset. Let him get upset. If he wants to, he'll be back. Let me tell you something. When a man wants you, it's kind of hard to offend him. When a man wants you, I mean, that's, let me tell you something. You can really tell uh, the way a man wants you when you stay close enough to keep him engaged, but you're also mysterious. No, I'm sorry. I got to go to bed at 10 o'clock. Oh, man, are you serious? I mean, he... Uh, Sorry, somebody. What time is it? Yeah. All right. Let me just keep going. I see we're going to have to do a part two of this. Warnings. Warning signs during courtship. Your love and affection for the individual is not growing. You've been dating this person for six months, and your feelings are roughly around the same. Kind of like Domino's Pizza. I hope they don't sue me over that statement. It seems like no matter what you do with Domino's Pizza, it just always tastes like cardboard, but that's just my personal thing. <laughs> Sexual advances from your partner, that's definitely a warning sign because now you're about to get into trouble. In particular, if you told them up front, I live a chaste and holy life, I live celibate. You told them you were up front, you were clear about your stance on sex outside of marriage, and they try you anyway. Yeah, and so that's, that's a form, high form of disrespect. Okay, now I'm gonna share my wife's story. Hope I don't mess it up. But my wife, before she met me, she dated a guy that I think was a bodybuilder. She went on a date with him, and and she told him, "This is how I roll. Why are you showing me half-naked pictures of your body on the first date?" Now he's a bodybuilder, so he had the perfect excuse, right? But for me, uh-uh. You have crossed the line because now you're showing me your body on your first date for what purpose? To show me I, I bodybuild. I didn't ask to see the pictures. I haven't come to a competition. No. <laughs> so one might say that was perfectly innocent. He's trying to engage you in his life, involve you in, your li in his life. You might say it's perfectly innocent. For me, that was crossing a line. It was not innocent. No, I never called him again, never took any of his calls. That was it. And some people say, ah, I just think you're going a little too far. No, you can never go far enough when you're trying to stay safe. Now, if you're an individual that you like adventure when it comes to the dark side and you want to play it according to the edge of the line, then you do that. But you never go wrong playing it safe because it only takes one time. And you have to be honest with yourself. Men aren't the only ones who are moved by what they see. Yeah, not today. Shh. Men aren't the only ones. So if you see someone and you find that person attractive, he's showing you his pretty much naked body, uh, no. No. Yes, and ladies, I'm going to say this now. Yeah, we're going to have to do a part two. Y'all got to be careful with y'all, what y'all wear. Let, let me help y'all, ladies. I don't know much about, I don't know what I was getting ready to say. But let me help y'all out. It is a fact that certain things chemically go off in a man when he sees a beautiful woman. Okay, ladies have this thing where men, their eyes wander, you know. And, 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 and men, their eyes tend to wander to this thing you know, right back there, and, and they're trying to act like they're all Catholic and Muslim and everything, but that's all right. I'm going to keep on preaching the truth. You know, men are moved by what they see, so you have to be careful because you can set a man off just by the fact that he saw you at the gas station because you got on the wrong clothes. I'm telling you, it's just like that. I'm going to look straight ahead. I don't even want to look at the cameras at this point because I feel like, but you have to be very careful. My, I used to be a cyclist. 
So um, with a cyclist, my calves look like, as my wife says, a piece of art. art. Because I used to race bicycles. Well, but because of that, there are certain arenas that I go into that I don't wear shorts. I did it one time. <laughs> one time in the service, and my wife saw me going up the stairs. She said, don't you never do that again. Never. So I never haven't worn shorts since. You have, to be, you have to be very careful how you present yourself because maybe that's not your intention, but their immaturity or their whatever it is, and it's worse with married men because, and women because there are some people that are not satisfied with their spouse, so they see you, and because they don't know you, they just see you, and now they're daydreaming about you because of the way that you dress at work and different things like that. You have to be very calm. Uh, you know, the scripture talks about modesty, which is a cuss word nowadays. All right, let's keep this moving. Let me just read through these. I don't even know where I am. Give me the number five. Warning signs during courtship. Number three, sexual sin. Number four, you or your partner begin to backslide or become indifferent to the work of God. Y'all become the new Bonnie and Clyde. Number five, if you notice spiritual dryness or coldness, the person despises prayer or Christian gatherings. The person despises the word. That's a huge warning sign. It's time to walk. Six. Oh, go ahead if you want to answer. really quick. So mm -hmm. there was someone I was dating, a Christian, a Christian, went to my church, but he was not on fire for the things of God. And it was over time, like, you know what? You're not on fire. You don't, you're not committed like I'm committed. This is not going to work because I'm supposed to follow you. Bye. Continue. Are they doing it because you're doing it or are they doing it because they want to do it? Six, if you notice stubbornness or rebellion, that's one of the biggest things when it comes to marrying somebody is stubbornness and rebellion. You tell him, I like pink tiles. Here he comes. What is this? Well, I know you like pink tiles, but this is a black towel, and I got you a black towel because it was on sale. I also found out that the, the dye that they use in pink towels, it washes out when you put it in the washing machine, but the dye that you put in black towels, it doesn't wash out because of the density that is in the color black. So I know that you like pink, mm -hmm. but I'm a stubborn individual, so I'm going to buy you what I think you should have and not what you like. Number seven, if you cannot freely express yourself. He's not saying if you have difficulty expressing yourself, if being with the other individual hinders you from expressing yourself freely. You can't say nothing, can't do nothing. Constant quarreling, bickering, opposition, Disagreements. These are all self-explanatory. Lack of effective communication. Y'all just sitting there at the You ever been to a restaurant and you see a couple that just sit there for the whole time? For the whole time. Fear or no peace of mind. Number 11. Next graphic. If your partner beats you or attempts to beat you, that's, that's bye. Or even ver verbal or emotional abuse. It's not just the physical, yeah. but the verbal or emotional abuse. He just constantly criticizing, constantly judging you and making you feel like you're nothing, making you feel like you're worse than what you feel about yourself. Get yeah, rid of that individual. If that's there during person. the date, and that's permanent during the marriage. Um, if you feel your partner is hiding something important from you, lack of trust. You've been dating an individual, but you just feel... Yeah, something's not right. Uh, you better roll with that. You better roll with that. I ask the Lord to reveal it to you. Number 13, if there's unfaithfulness, inconsistencies, and lying. This is, these are all things that people accept because they just want somebody. Or whenever, uh-oh, whenever everyone around you has issues with your partner or your relationship, that's a warning sign. They just don't want me to have nobody. No, they recognize that you're getting ready to marry Godzilla's sister. 
and they want what's best for you. I've had to tell people, I got a woman, especially ladies. They, I don't know what it is with some of these ladies. They, they just think that the pastor, I, I want you to be miserable, don't have anyone. No, the dude you're getting ready to marry is getting ready to make you live in my counseling office. <laughs> we old Nigeria, Udipo said that someone told him, you know, the newspaper is talking about you. What you going to do? He said, leave it alone. He said, I don't want to push any buttons and cause those people to be fired. He said, then they'll be at my church asking me to pray for them to get a job. <laughs> okay, so y'all got that. It's 11 o'clock. So let me just read this passage and then we are done. Read this passage because drama did not start in our time. It was way back then. This is one story. And just see the elements in this story about why you need to follow the rules that we just gave you. 2 Samuel 13, 1 through 19. Now David's son, Absalom, had a beautiful sister named Tamar. And Amnon, her half-brother, fell desperately in love with her. Amnon became so obsessed, that's a problem, with Tamar that he became ill. That's another issue. She was a virgin, and Amnon thought he could never have her. That's another issue. Devalued himself. But Amnon had a very crafty friend. Another problem. His cousin, Jonadab. He was the son of David's brother, Shemiah. One day, Jonadab said to Amnon, what's the trouble? Why should the son of a king look so dejected morning after morning? So Amnon told him, I'm in love with Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. That's another issue. You can't even function. Well, Jonadab said, I'll tell you what to do. Go back to bed and pretend you are ill. And when your father comes to see you, ask him to let Tamar come and prepare some food for you. Tell him you'll feel better if she prepares it as you watch and feeds you with her own hands. That's all he said he told him. He told him another part. So Amnon lay down and pretended to be sick. Just like when you date people, they pretend. And when the king came to see him, Amnon asked him, please let my sister Tamar come and cook my favorite dishes I watch, then I can eat from her own hands. So David agreed, sent Tamar to Amnon's house to prepare some food for him. Now the daddy should have known something was wrong with this. That's another problem. See all of the drama? When Tamar arrived at Amnon's house, she went to the place where he was lying down so he could watch her mix some dough. Then she baked his favorite dish for him. He sat there and watched that girl all his time meditating. But when she set the serving tray before him, he refused to eat. Everyone get out of here, Amnon told his servants, so they all left. Then he said to Tamar, now bring the food into my bedroom and feed it to me here. So Tamar took his favorite dish to him. To backtrack for a second in verse 9, that whole thing of everybody get out of here, I want to do something with you and I don't want people in our personal business. I don't need to get counseling. I don't want them to see. Let's do this in the dark. So in verse 10, she took his favorite dish to him. But as she was feeding him, another problem, he can't feed himself. He grabbed her and demanded, come to bed with me, my darling sister. No, my brother, she cried. Don't be foolish. Don't do this, don't do this to me. Such wicked things are not done in the camp of Israel. This is worldly people that do stuff like this. Where could I go in my shame? And you would be called one of the greatest fools in Israel. Please just speak to the king about it, and he will let you marry me the right way. But Amnon wouldn't listen to her, and since he was stronger than she was, he raped her. And suddenly, watch this, a flip in one second. Suddenly, Amnon's love turned to hate, 
and he hated her even more than he had loved her. Get out of here, he snarled at her. No, Tamar cried, sending me away now is worse than what you've already done to me. But he wouldn't listen to her. He shouted for his servant and demanded, throw this woman out, lock the door behind her. So the servant put her out, locked the door behind her. She was wearing a long, beautiful robe, as was the custom in those days for the king's virgin daughters. But now Tamar tore her robe, put ashes on her head, and then with her face in her hands, she went away crying. To the ladies I say, don't let a man take away your queen status. Amen. And to the men, don't let a woman take away your king status. You can read the rest of this story, and what happened was is that because he did that to her, her brothers plotted for two years and then murdered him. Drama. See this drama, drama, all because a man wouldn't do it right. She didn't say, I don't want to be with you. She said, talk to the king, and we can do this right. Nah, I ain't interested in doing right. I'm interested in doing what I feel. And it created drama and drama and drama. And David, even though the Bible says he was a man after her own heart, because of the mistakes that he made centered around sex and relationship, he dealt with a lot of sexual drama with his family members because he himself had slept with a woman he was not supposed to be with. So I close with Proverbs 24.3 again. Wise people are builders. They build families, they build businesses, and they build communities. And through intelligence and insight, the ability to see within, their enterprises are established and they endure. Everybody say amen. amen. So we're encouraging you. Y'all, look at different areas of your life and start doing things right. If you don't know what to do, guess what you should tell us? Um, I want to do the right thing. What should I do? And we'll tell you, do this, do this, do this, do this. It's not always going to be easy. The ones that listen, go to the top. The ones that don't, struggle for the rest of their life and then blame it on us. But that's how it is, okay? So I'm just encouraging you. Some of you, guess what you got to do? You got to go home and make some decisions. I knew this dude was a bozo. I went to the church today and confirmed it. Let me tell you something. I close with this. It's 1106. One of the greatest things that I saw as a church I was a part of in Detroit, it was a guy I went to high school with, and he had become a drug dealer. And uh, he was, uh, uh, there was a girl at the church that was living with him. And she came to church, and uh, I didn't know what had happened. I didn't even know who she was at the time. But he walked in the back door when I was ushering. So I recognized him. I said, hey, man, what's happening? Boom, boom. He's like, he did like this. Hey, man, yeah. Um, I just came to find out what y'all told my girl. I said, what you mean? He said, all I know is, is that she came to this church, and when she came back home from this church, she said, the only thing she said was, she walked to the door and said, I'm not going to hell for you, and packed her bags and left. And that blew him away. You know, I'm trying to gave this girl all of this money and these cars and all of this type of stuff, and she didn't even say bye. She just said, I ain't going to hell. Well, come to find out, she came to church, gave her life to Christ, and she was sold out like my wife and like the women in here, sold out. Like the women in here, sold out. And she rejected the lower. And I don't know how many years went by, maybe three or four years, or maybe five. And the Lord sent her the opposite of what she left. And they're in ministry today. They had a ministry to the youth and sent her a wonderful, calm man that looks very similar to the other guy. Just on the opposite end of the spectrum. 
because you get the opposite of what you reject. If they reject you, let them reject you. That's usually the Lord saving you. The people that rejected me, I thought it was something wrong with me. It was actually because it was something wrong with them. And the Lord tricked them into rejecting me so that I would not become like them. You understand what I'm saying? Let's go ahead and stand. And while you're standing, I'm going to say this to the men. Don't be the cause of a woman's brokenness. I have to counsel, deliver, help set free too many women with shattered hearts. Not even broken, but shattered hearts because of your behavior. I don't believe there's any men in here. I'm saying it for the men online. Same for the women. Don't be the cause of a man's bitterness because of how you've carried yourself. If you're not interested in being a godly woman, then go on out there and live your life and leave him out of it. There's already so much opposition against our men. So much opposition against our men. Don't you add to it. The Bible says a wise woman builds, not tears down. She builds, not tears down. She builds. A godly woman builds. Amen. I, uh, uh, some of you will remember this. Most of you won't. It was in the early days when I was looking for musicians and guitarists. I don't know if any of you are um, been here long enough to remember that young light-skinned kid with the afro. And when that boy played, something would come in the room. This is gonna sound crazy. We could hardly even worship. We would just be over there like cringing at what this boy would play. Gift and callings of God or without repentance. Found out later, I didn't know that the boy wasn't even saved. He was an agnostic. Got an agnostic plan on this. <laughs> anyway, but he said something I'll never forget because I tried to minister to him and get him saved and he wasn't buying it. But what he did was he told me, I never forgot this. This is a non-Christian who said, I will be a virgin until the day that I get married. And I was very interested in hearing that from an unbeliever. I said, I said why, why? I'm very interested. Why you say that? I'll never forget this. He said, I refuse to be a guy who makes women a statistic. I never forgot that. He said, I refuse to be another feather in the cap of a woman's pain. I refuse. He said, I don't want any woman to think about me in a negative light and how I hurt her. He said, and so that's why he said, I promote abstinence. For him, it had nothing to do with Jesus. It had to do with pain. I never forgot that. I'm like, here's you have a God that doesn't even believe in Jesus and he gets it. And we're not talking about if you struggle. People will struggle. We're not, we're not talking about struggle. We're talking about the Christians who make excuses. Well, it's okay. And, and, it's, and the preachers are the ones that are promoting it. Well, you know, God understands. No, he doesn't. You got preachers right now telling people that if the mark of the beast comes, it's okay to take it because God understands that you're afraid. That ain't what I read. I heard that if you take it, you're going to hell. Now who's right and who's wrong? Better stop listening to these crazy preachers. Okay, so. I'll leave you with this. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You don't have to leave here feeling condemned because of past mistakes. Everything, once you have repented, is under the blood. The Lord remembers it no more. 
So just as God has forgiven you, you must forgive yourself and move on with your life and not allow yourself to believe the lies of you not being worthy of a wonderful husband or a wonderful wife because of your past mistakes. Amen. When you know better, when you know more, you know better, you should do better. But there are many of us that were many years in ignorance. We just didn't know better. But now that you do, now that you've come into the marvelous light, just ask God for grace to help you make better decisions as you move forward. Amen. There's nothing you have done that God will not forgive you of and give you his best. It's as simple as that. But you do got to stop. And when you stop, repent. And then he says, now that you, God will say, now that you started, now it's time to start giving you the best. There's not a thing you have done that has made God change his mind. Like I said, your mistakes are built into the equation. It's when you stay in sin that you come to a screeching halt. Okay? So I'm going to do something a little bit different. I want everybody to stay connected online and in here. But if you, um, if you, um, if you sent an email to be a part of the inner healing deliverance training or... Um, um, or you're a part of that, go ahead and dismiss yourself now. And you can go ahead and over to the loft. I think it is, unless you want me to wait. Okay, okay go ahead. I don't want to hold up what it is that they have. They got a long trend. Let's just begin to go ahead and lift your hands and worship for a moment as they release themselves. Some people are here for a particular training. If you sent the email... Don't go in that room and touch that food and you haven't and you haven't sent an email. I got a lady in there with a ruler. Whack. Thank you, O Father. Hallelujah. The rest of you, just lift your hands for a moment. Just begin to bless the name of the Lord and give him thanks for what you have heard on today. You that are online. Thank you, O Lord God. Hallelujah to your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. Glory to God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. listening and you're hearing online just ask the God to give you grace and wisdom to repair anything and any damage that you have done thank you oh Lord God ask him to show you the face of someone that you may need to call someone that you may need to visit husband and wives you need to be sensitive because there are times when your wife may need to call a man that she dated and apologize to him there are times when a man needs to call a woman he used to be in a relationship with and apologize but do not do it without the spouse's permission but sometimes that is necessary in order to repair what is done in a particular person's heart there's one person that I did wrong I just cut the relationship off and I know that I hurt her feelings. She was a sweet girl. But I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, if I did some damage to that girl, make sure that I meet that girl so I can just apologize to her 
because of how I cut it off. And I saw it, her, saw it in her eyes. Months later, she was dating another guy. She looked at me and she didn't understand why I cut it off. I just, I just, I was just, I just didn't cut it off the right way. But I never saw her. Apparently the Lord was like, no, she's fine. But you need to ask the Lord at least. There are people that are hurting sometimes because of the decisions that we made. And they can be difficult. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, O Lord God. We thank you, Father, for your wisdom and insight that you are giving us from above. This is not natural wisdom. This is not common sense. It's the ways of the kingdom of God to bring honor and glory, not only to your name, but to bring honor and glory to each other. Forgive us, O Lord God, for the people that we have damaged and done wrong. We pray, O Lord God, that you would heal those individuals, that you would bring things back around for them oh lord god that you will lift and destroy their yokes and burdens thank you oh lord god that moving forward you will give us great love and great insight and great wisdom on how to have proper relationships show us the ones that we should get rid of show us the ones that we should distance ourselves from show us the ones that we should accept thank you oh lord god for doing this let this be a time oh lord god of reflection and repentance and change we are going, oh Lord God, into a new season. And the people that you are going to bring in their, in our midst need to see things done the right way. Otherwise, they will have no hope. They will have no faith. They will have no intestinal fortitude to walk out of darkness and into the marvelous light. So I thank you, oh Lord God, that there will be great joy in our camp, great joy in our relationships, great peace in our midst. I thank you, O Lord God, that you are making us attractive to the world so that they will want to have what you have given us. So I thank you, O Lord God. Do these things and do them speedily. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen, amen. Glory to God, hallelujah. Done wrong is terrible. Done right is wonderful. You know, I've been doing little things with my wife and you know, you still get better and better. And it's kind of hard to realize what your spouse needs when you don't need it. My wife likes hugs. And so, but it's just so funny how I joke with it. And I'll just, out the clear blue, just walk to her, you know, during the day. And I say, oh, wait a minute. Oh, oh, God, I got to get my hug. I got to make my bank deposit today. And I give her a hug. And it's so amazing how she turns into a little small child, just giggling and everything. Just simply because I just took the time to give her what she likes and what she needs. I get joy because of what she experiences as a result of it. I don't need hugs like that, you know. And so, but men like other stuff, y'all know what I'm saying. And so, but for, for, for some women, they, they, they need that. I mean, even, even some, you know, some of my girls, they just like, daddy, can I have a hug? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, did something happen? That's how men think, did something happen? Uh, something happened at school? You're depressed and no they just need an emotional fix and it's amazing you give them a hug and they're like man don't understand that <laughs> he even looking at me laughing like yeah i'm see i'm going into some dangerous territory with these women okay but but you gotta you gotta value what people need and value what people it just takes a moment sometimes to make some what have you it takes a moment to smile i like to smile at people when i'm at the store speak and smile hey how you doing and, and just little things opening up the door for people I don't care if they're white, black, Asian, or Mexican. I call all of them brother. What's going on, brother? What's going on, brother? Some of them look at you like, he called me brother. Yeah. yeah I'm just saying, you just, you got to be the individual that makes the change. 
We can't change the whole world, but we can change the world that's around us. And that's where we're going, because what we're getting ready to do, the whole world is going to take notice. Okay, so.